you know what wrecks my head? Tell me. When people clap as the pilot lands. That's their job. I'm a musician. People Nobody claps clap when I finish me. a song. <laughs> <laughs> did you read the latest Cro-Magnon, Ross? I did. How many of you all read, though? Did, did you read them all or did you just read that one because you were on the fucking cover? Uh, I only read the ones that I'm on. No, I read every now. Depends how bored I am. Sometimes it goes past. It One has come out and I didn't even know. Yeah. I thought the spread the spread was so cute I saw that and I went oh Pete I just smelled the foam there it's horrible oh my god yeah <laughs> probably not that nice smelling anyway what are you saying the foam yeah no, the foam you know, the yeah. kind of plasticky that you could get you could like hear the corridor of your arse when you farted there it had like an echo chamber effect he's gone commando it, 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 it ADT sort of effect on it he's gone commando I <laughs> I left in a rush yesterday. <laughs> you don't. You can't be in that much of a rush, though. Pete, I've never been in so much of a rush that I had to forego my underwear. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, well, it's just not happening. Today. I didn't come here to be attacked for my personal <laughs> choices. Okay. Well, I, if you're gonna if you're gonna go fly open, I didn't mean to. That was a genuine accident. <laughs> Did we have okay. a commando fly open episode? Well, no. It just happens that your flies open. And I went. Oh, okay. I'll close that now. Also, you're very lucky because I was going commander there. I'm very oh, sorry. Good grief. Well, that's good. The, bottom, the 501 bottom button yeah. is very hard to close. Levi's can go fucking suck one for their their button. Is yours button fly? I hate oh. the button fly. I don't mind my button flies. I want a zip fly. We could have a little bit of brain. <laughs> I would love to have some brain on this fucking podcast. It'd make a like, change for the last 24 episodes. This is 24th episode. This is episode 25, which leads me into... You're very welcome to episode 25 of Higher Fidelity. I'm Pete. I'm Evan. I'm Ross. I'm Sam. And we are four-fifths of the Zen Arcade. Becky, unfortunately, can't be here today. But we're back again for a monthly installment of Sinful Insight. Now, just before we move on, I want to talk about the last episode, where, thanks to us being in the present moment at the, at the time of recording, then also travelling back in time to our interview from Tullamore, then jumping forward in time to interviewing ourselves in Listowel a week ahead of time, there are three time jumps in that episode, which is the same amount as there is in Back to the Future Two, Zemeckis can eat my ass. Venghouse is quaking <laughs> right now. And another thing as well, so Mickey Bradley, Undertones bass player, the blue Rickenbacker king of the north, had this to say about the last episode. Oh no, he's been listening. And I hate it when people that I respect listen to the show. <laughs> it's terrible. It's scary. It's, yeah. it's literally yeah. worse. Mickey Bradley Records show here are the Zen Arcade, a band made up of bits and pieces left over after the stripes collapsed. What a voice. What an amazing voice. The top. What a way of putting that as well. I fucking love it. That man's larynx is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> the Zen Arcade, purveyors of podcasts and publishers of fanzines, and also a garage rock band that plays original and prawn cocktail flavoured songs. That's what they say. Very funny. Uh, that's High Fidelity. Uh, the podcast is called Higher Fidelity. And the latest one, uh, they discuss various things, including names of Italian restaurants they've been in and... A taxi that had a collection of different sounds on its car horn. At least I think that's what they were on about. Uh, here's Dandy Livingston. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> the segue. Dandy Livingston. That's brilliant. That's but brilliant. That's thing is, amazing. It's yeah. fantastic. But also that just means that like there's two versions of events there, two versions of reality are presented there that Mickey Bradley chose that episode to tune into, mm. which I don't know why, because I, I think there was better ones to tune into, or he's listened to every single one of them, which is just as scary. If you're listening, Mickey, 
we adore you first of oh, all and we, ap- and we apologise and we apologise <laughs> but uh, this is a confession of adulation and sincere regret at you having to listen to that <laughs> we love you Mick but like what have you been listening to how much of it how, t- next time you're on the radio tell us <laughs> send us a send us a message I would like him to confirm his listenership by playing what can we give him to play that would be very signature for because I'll, I'll keep an eye on his yeah. Twitter we, we would know that's for us yeah send us a little secret subliminal message um, Teenage Kicks by Donald Trump yeah <laughs> Give your give your signature track a spin on the radio to to let us know uh, that you actually listen to this. First of all, thanks for the spin as well. It was great to get uh, Dave Fanning played us as well, which was great. But yeah, so let's let's go back now in time. So we we had the interview with ourselves in Mike the Pies in Listowel. Let's talk a bit about how that gig came about. So we got Jerry Lang back in the gang to bring us down to Listowel for the year. Back in the van. Back in the van. van. We were singing Shoop de Lang de Lang all the way home <laughs> well I went with, down with Jerry with the gear and you went separate we went in convoy yeah. we went in convoy well, we didn't go in convoy we went in caravan that's true actually um, but yeah so Jerry came along with us we brought the gear for us we got down to the store. the store was a four hour drive to play to 25 people worth every second absolutely every second and on the way down you listen to the Cap the Beatles Capital albums which are not capital they are not no no they're yes yeah, so not very cash money of you capital records not my favorite hentai of pennywise but they're okay <laughs> but at the same time very cash money in the literal sense of like fucking yeah let's milk these tracks for every yeah, penny let's we get out of screw them. the american record buying public capital albums for the people at home the, the beatles albums when they were released in america in the 60s they weren't released in their original forms the tracks were scrambled put on all these different albums New album titles were made up. New covers. New covers. New mixes of songs were done. Like, obviously, uh, instead of Please Please Me or With The Beatles, it became Meet The Beatles, the Beatles' second album. Leading to the amazing, when Paul McCartney revealed to the world that the Beatles masturbated once, which we all, we've all we all read the Philip Norman book, we knew they did that. Yeah. Uh, spawned the headline, Beat The Beatles. Yep. Which was good. So at least at least the Capital Albums led to that. It did. It was worth, yeah. it, worth it for that. It was a probably 45-year-long setup. Yeah. finally paid off yeah uh, they just fucked with the discography like you wouldn't believe and the mi- the mixes though was the craziest part so different mixes so were, were the master tips sent over to Capital to, to fuck about yeah. with yeah. yeah and then they said basically these records aren't exciting enough for the American record buying public so but, they, too, but also too loud too loud yeah so they made them quieter but compressed them loads and then in some of them added like weird reverb and echo and in oh. some of them it's actually different takes and I feel like I feel fine the American single version that's also on the album I think the album is fucking Beatles 65 or Beatles 6 or something like that the cavernous reverb Ca- on that. Uh, yeah yeah drowning in reverb the Capital Album's approach to remixing the Beatles tracks was exactly our Logic Pro 10 approach that we were using <laughs> in 2015 honestly if we it'd be like if we just clip converted Beatles tracks and fucked with them in Logic. They did that on a grand scale but and so released that, it to the American public. Does that mean that like all like the, the when they had like the five top five positions were all like number when all the tracks were number one? I was like, all those American versions are all the shitty Capital Remix versions. Yeah, presumably. So is George Martin even credited on them as a like, producer? Oh yeah, yeah, he, he did and all that. But it was Dave Dexter was the Capital A&R man who was given the Beatles. He went on to um, he made was, that lab. You bollocks! I was going to I was going to I was going to <laughs> horrible thing. You can have it. You can have it. I was going really, to like do really like you know. Oh, he did this amazing thing after that. It was years. <laughs> Later, he did. Um, he fully had a show where he fucking used to. He was this little kind of German kid. Given the <laughs> they went from remixing the Beatles albums uh, for Capitol Records in the sixties to, to to running a laboratory with <laughs> with the bass player from the Ramones, Dee Dee. But just uh, just to uh, to round off the Beatles Capitol discussion, that to the the changes and the fuckology was to the extent that I can give this example that when a, American teens and we're mostly talking like probably like fourteen year olds that these albums were marketed to at the time 
bought the Help album. Not only did it, they scrapped all of the tracks on side two that weren't in the film and replaced them with incidental music from the movie instead and interspersed it. So they, Which is just She's a Woman over and over and yeah, over yeah, again. Yeah, 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 the incidental, the score. And I mean, the incidental, the score for Help is like fucking great, but it's like not... What it's not the, the album. It's not what these kids were expecting. Yeah, you know what I mean? No. It's, it's great now for fans who like love the movie and are like going to look at it in that sort of way. But uh, Yeah, but who, who in the right mind is going to say... Oh yeah, just stick on the incidental music for help. Stick there. on the beat, yeah, especially I, in the place of actual Beatles songs. Yeah, 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 and it'd be only in a real adult audiophile fanatic kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. But they would have put on like, "I'm a kid in America. I bought the new Beatles album. Help! I'm so excited. I'm gonna put it, uh, drop the needle on the fucking record, and this is how it starts." And then the song Help would have started. Superior. The name's Lennon. <laughs> Bond Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I think that's great. Like a really oh, no, it's like, a brilliant piece of music. But at the same time, <clears throat> if it's like the, the famously brilliant classic album Help, yeah, yeah. that's where that starts. And then six tracks in, you're listening to fucking incidental music. Oh, yeah. It's two, like, tracks two tracks in. in it, it, goes, it. it goes James Bond intro, then the song Help, then like, the night before, and then From Me to You Fantasy, which oh, is a so piece of incidental music. They didn't music. just slap it on the, on the B side of the fucking It's record. all scrambly upty. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a nice big, <laughs> big phlegmy cough, phlegm all over the fucking. So we've got fart in one mic and we've got fucking phlegm on the, the other. other. So but we've like, got common spit left, lads. Get to yeah. it. <laughs> Shift our mics, Ross. Like the sitar James Bond freakout intro is cool. It's just not the Beatles album. Beating it, the Beatles to the punch with the sitar thing as well. Yeah. I know, literally. Like, and it's supposed to give a flavour of every element of the film in a 20 second sting and to the extent when the, the the Beatle Red and Blue albums came out in the 70s the best ofs uh, the American version had that intro tacked on to help because that's how much the Americans associated that so piece ubiquitous. of music but for some reason they thought that's the appropriate <laughs> version to put on this compilation Pokemon Red and Blue were, were the worst Beatles albums of all time Beatles uh, Beatles Fire Red and Leaf Green yeah. Stones, Omega, Ruby and Alpha Sapphire <laughs> Yardbirds, Pearl and Diamond best ones no I was a Ruby and Sapphire man fuck you fuck you while we're on this topic of of Beatle rarities, oddities, and different mixes. Fuckologies. Fun fact I discovered this week with the Beatles was released in Germany three weeks prior to its release in the UK. And All My Loving, that famous song that everyone knows, starts like this. Accounting. They left the yeah, counting, they left the counting on. in on the mix. Crazy. Ringo never counted in. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. No, the Beatles are the least county any band that have ever. I think they added that. In. I just wanted just want to bring up just two instances now of Matt, great contributions to the English language between scrambled the up to D and, and county, county any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. yeah you're, you're, on, you're on a fucking rolly, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna keep. We're gonna try and keep it the up We'll keep it the up We'll see what happens. These. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing like the I like to video some old screens we are we're talking we're in uh, fucking, fucking Droog yeah. language yeah, capital, how many albums you, you got up to help on the capital albums on the way down didn't you? we got through them all we, got, we, we finished them on the way back oh on the way back down sorry with the two between the two journeys we had listened to them all and so the interim for your capital record listening was doing a show in the stall yep Amazing. they kept fucking up until Revolver Revolver was the last one they fucked with the type of A&R in we're talking here they took Nowhere Man if I needed someone if I needed someone drive my car and maybe one other song Offer were sold <laughs> and put them on a new album called Yesterday and Today with the infamous uh, butcher, butcher cover. cover. I'm a butcher cover apologist. Fuck yeah. Yesterday and Today, the album then has those like four tracks from Rubber Soul on it. Dr. Robert, which was taken off Revolver and put on this album, act naturally fucking appears out of nowhere from what goes on. BFS. 
Beatles for no, sale. from H exclamation mark. You know it's on help. I'm thinking of Honey Don't, sorry, from, B, yeah, from yeah. BFS. Best song ever. Might I digress even a little more when we're talking about BFS, Beatles for sale. Yeah. There was a, a, an Irish Times journalist wanted to hire us. to do, He was doing, he, wanted, he was getting loads of different Irish bands to cover songs from different Beatles albums. He, he would assign an album to each band and they would pick however members of the band there were, pick tracks, he would each pick a track from that album to then cover. And we were having dinner with him and he said, who's picking what tracks? I, at the time, was only maybe three or four albums into the 2009 Stereo Remaster which I got that Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> was at BFS at the time. You were a big BFS. Man. I was absolutely bricked up listening to that you're album. BFS. That's mad. You're the only person in the world who's ever had that I love opinion. it. I love BFS so much. I picked it as my favourite album. Favorite Beatles, Beatles album. for sale. Well, with, with the Beatles, no, it's probably Beatles. Beatles for sale is like bottom two. I was fully tor- <laughs> I was fully torqued listening to that album all the time. I love it. Beatles for sale is bottom two. Bottom two is Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah it goes it, it goes revolver. Beatles for sale. Sergeant Pepper. For fun listens, I prefer Beatles for sale to Abbey Road. What? You don't like Let It Be. You don't yeah. have a fucking no, let, it be's, let It Be's the worst. No, 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 no. <laughs> Beatles for sale. Then Let, let it, be. it Be is better than Abbey Road. What are it you is. talking about, it Ross? Is. It is. Is this like a joke? Is this one of these, like, you're going to try and wind me up with some? You think, well, Sam, to the not. asylum with you. Genuinely let it be. Not. You think Let It Be is a better album than Abbey Road? Yep. Yeah. Someone needs to send this man away. You don't like Let It Be the song? No, I don't dislike it. I just wouldn't. I would skip Let It Be the song. I'm not fussed about Let It Be. But, like, but if it came on, you'd ball. But like, Admit it. You'd, you'd, you'd ball. Abbey, yeah. Ro- <laughs> Abbey Road is like an onslaught of genius, 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 genius. As is Let It Be. Amazing production, playing, songwriting. Let It Be is like... There was a reason why they didn't want to release it, and then they just kind of put it out as an afterthought. We're getting away from the main point in that Beatles for Sale is incredible. BFS. We were sitting there, and, and, and the journalist asked us, we were sitting there at dinner, and the journalist asked us, what tracks he's picking for your versions of the album. And you went around and picked a different track and I went, uh, Honey Don't. And he went, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm not picking Honey Don't. No, 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 I'll probably do, uh, and when Niall went as well, he was like, oh, you can't. And I was like, no, you're totally right, like, you can't do Honey Don't. I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm obviously Miracle not doing genius. that. I'm picking, yeah. um, quickly get up the album. <laughs> We're uh, getting maybe do, maybe like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what did the rest of us pick? You picked Mr. Moonlight. Okay, that makes very much I think sense. maybe Josh picked Babies in Black, maybe, or did you no reply? You and Josh picked no reply. I probably picked I'm a Loser then. I think so. Yeah, no, we did I'm a Loser in a slow way. Oh, you actually did it. You went through with this. Well, no, we went through we we rehearsals it. for us. Yeah, we did rehearsals for Mr. Moonlight as and well. We played um, it at, uh, we played some of the songs that we'd been working on arrangements for at uh, Colin and Linda's wedding. We did indeed. But I remember at the time as well, we, in a, in a very, in a fashion very untypical for us at the time, said, hmm, Mr. Moonlight, that's interesting. Maybe we should do that with a bow diddly <laughs> Where did that come from? I have no idea. Still not as random as the Hollies doing like a ska version of that yeah. in 1964. Yeah, I know. And we also kind of used their version as a reference point as well. We yeah. kind of were like, that's another version that we could take cues from. It's possibly. Kind of a preferable version. Like the first like three seconds of Mr. Moonlight on Beatles for Sale is like, wow. And then after that, it's like, okay. Can, can Sam be fired, please? <laughs> the, what, is the, like, what is good about that? It's fun, John, John Lennon's vocal performance is good, but apart from that, it's literally the dreariest, most like boring, <laughs> muddy. Sorry, it's too fucking real for you, Sam. <laughs> Go listen to the fucking Paul McCartney song. <laughs> I can't handle the rawness of Mr. Moonlight. You can't handle the reality check that is Beatles for sale. <laughs> 
<laughs> the slap on the face that yeah. that album brings. It was so oh, that God. that idea got pretty far to the point where like supposedly you two were doing one of them as well, and I'd say Jesus. you two probably were ra- they probably went like fucking stripes got BFS fuck. <laughs> you know, uh, stripes got Mr. Moonlight fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was also the day where we were in the restaurant, and uh, this is our first time in a Milano as well. And I thought like, oh my God, <laughs> this. Is- oh, <laughs> we, was, we were like, Mrr, we thought fancy. it was fancy as fuck. Yeah, we were in Milano, and I was like, oh my God, we're in Milano. If we're in a proper high end fancy fuck, people here probably have like you know uh like purses that like that, that, like, that like dangle it's a ristorante italiano mm. mumbo italiano. italiano so i was there being like oh i, was, I can't believe that we're here some mints came with the receipt and i was like fucking there's mints oh, jesus christ but i was like i've recently been i was learned in the ways or I've, I've been told about the concept of a dine and dash whereby you eat and then leave without paying and i said to the lads 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 lads, lads should we dine and dash and he's going what and i said should we should we dine and dash? You said, what? And I went, should we dine and dash? <laughs> Just as the waiter went, bang, there's a receipt and it like <laughs> over my shoulder. Like a uh, fucking spanner. That was also around the time as well, we went to China Garden in Navin, which is a fantastic restaurant. Fab, fabulous place. Again, if Mickey's listening, more restaurant talk for you, Mickey. I know you enjoy the eateries that we discuss. Yeah, so we were there in this in China Garden and it was my first time there. You used it big, did up big time style and I was like, can't wait to go here. And the plates came out hot and to me, it was like I'd landed on the fucking moon. I couldn't believe the plates came out hot. Was it good or bad? It was amazing to me. I thought like, I thought, like the technology. <laughs> how, I was like, how did they have the technology? I was like, this is obviously just out of the dishwasher. Oh, no, no, wait, this is intentional. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> you can't confuse dishwasher heat, yeah, with uh, it's a very different kind of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, no, that was breaking a, a hard. The Milano's trip would have been breaking a hard, like a, a hard st- restaurant barrier, a, a stringent Eddie Rockets policy. I'd say that would have been enacted mm-hmm. until that point. Yeah, no, it was, it was. There was an amendment made to the fucking stripes constitution. To the point where we were like, "What are we going to eat here?" I'm going like, oh, I suppose I could get garlic bread, which is then I would say for the next ten years yeah, almost yeah, every yeah. day. No, I think I only got garlic bread as well. I remember looking in at Milano's it, in Milano's because we were. First time in, we're generally going. There is absolutely nothing here that I would eat. I have no idea what to get. Pizza and pasta, like no tomato sauce, no cheese. Yeah, no true. Fucking about. <laughs> anyway, so we we're on the way to Listol, and we got to Listol, and uh, there was twenty five people allowed, and because of the COVID restrictions in place, there could only be twenty five people there, and also it had to happen on the roof because yep. in Ireland at the moment it's illegal to dance inside. Because dancing inside suggests that you're standing up, and in pubs right now, you are not allowed to stand out of your desk unless you're going to the toilet. Yeah. You have people in a pub drinking, but you put one lad on a stage, and everyone has to get out. Or everyone's going to die instantly. Yeah. Place called Mike the Pies in the stole. So unfortunately, the gig, our gig had to happen upstairs. Yeah. So 25 people had bought tickets, and we were playing on the roof. They said, yeah. you're playing on the roof. So as we were loading in, the staircase was really skinny, and we were bringing the drum kit in through the beer garden at the back. Sign man slash stage manager on the day there was a man called Cookie said that's not coming up the stairs and we said okay what will we do and he said stand in the beer garden get up on that fence get up on that little bench and just pass it up to the roof to the other guy and he'll bring it across into the little roof place we had to like load in via the roof which was interesting mm. and as we got now we, we come up the stairs then turn the corner onto the roof to see that they'd put a carpet down and like a sort of marquee sort of roof it was like a furry sort of floor covering thing and then a marquee sort of roof thing to obviously shout for that now it had rained that day before they put the roof up and the, water, the, the, the the floor covering was now incredibly waterlogged. And we walked up to see our second show in two years. Back Live music is back, folks. The entertainment industry is being reignited once more. We turned the corner to see a man hoovering water out of the carpet. Uh, the water was still absolutely soaking everywhere. We had to put like tissue down on the, on the amps and on the, the pedal boards and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then as we were sound checking, we got, got into sound checking and all that sort of stuff. And it was weird playing looking at a skylight sticking out of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Got to sign check and that was all fine. And then we had we had an irate man come up from the pub to say, "Lads, matches on downstairs. He's missed up." As if we were, as if, as if we were going to go. Oh my god, the match! He said, "Can you can you wait until half time before you do sound check?" And the game. Hadn't they were doing. Yet. They were singing the anthem. Like we said, what time's half time? And he said about half seven. And we said, well, doors are at eight. As in, therein lies the problem. Doors are at eight. And he was like, doors are at eight. Sorted. Yeah. Like no, 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 no. We can't have two bands soundtracking in half an hour before doors open. Also, you don't need the volume up on yeah. the TV. For I was about to say, if you match. if you need to listen to the commentator when you're watching football, you don't understand football. Yeah. And we had the the great chaps Emily Seven supporting us, Indeed. who we heard in the last episode. Shout called, out to the chaps. They called themselves a bunch of wankers in the podcast. Emily <laughs> It was great, but the gig was good fun. Um, they played and then we played. Nothing too untoward. We did. We did um, a terrifying version of Johnny. Remember, Johnny remember, me. Johnny remember me. The song. It's a song that is like meant to be eerie and spooky and terrifying at the best of times, but it was a whole other ball game, whole other ball gag. It's meant. To, it's meant to. It's meant to be like spooky and eerie. It's not meant to like in, inspire panic. <laughs> exactly, which is what it did. Uh, because the thing is, the, the the original version is so drenched in like reverb and fun sounds. Ours was. Everything about it was dry, except dry for the floor. Dry as a cream cracker. <laughs> yeah, except for the floor, which was fucking yeah. soaking wet. Uh, but it was good fun. We then stayed in a house across the way, which belonged to a woman who had a blue plaque outside her house called Kathy Whitehouse, mm. who was the head chef for three US presidents. And this is a woman who, according to her blue plaque, passed away in 1969. What presidents are we talking here? Yes, well, it has to be. Well, obviously JFK and LBJ. Sure. Probably. Did, did, she, did she work until she died? Did they work her into the ground? Yeah, like LBJ was the president in 1969. Yeah, yeah but she might have been working. She, we, we could be talking like FDR. FDR, Harry S. Truman. Teddy Rose. Teddy Rose is a bit old. She could have started when she was young. Yeah. Are you saying Kathy Whitehouse wasn't a child protege? How, da- how <laughs> also, dare you assume? How, how, do you yeah. know how old she was when she died? In she was old. Go for it. I don't know, but she could have been 103. <laughs> we had such big plans for the night. Oh. We were like, oh, you know, we'll have a big old night out, have fun. And we had a small old night in. And then I went back with Jerry the next morning at about 9am, went back, and you said, oh, we, 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 the user kind of like, oh, we'll probably pick an hour behind you, it'll be grand. I was like, oh, I'm not missing out on anything. And you just had the cosiest day out of all <laughs> yeah. time. The Balamori theme followed you around. Yeah, as went out. To be fair, everything was closed. We were like, oh, we'll do this bicycle trail. Oh, it's closed. Mm. Oh, we'll go to this museum. Oh, it's closed. Oh, we'll go to the monorail. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. Oh, we'll go to Bali... Bunyan. Bunyan. Oh, it's Bally open. Bally Bunyan was open. Bunyan. Bally Bunyan. What's the story in Bally Bunyan? Wouldn't you like to know? What's the story in Bally Bunyan? Tell us where we will go. And you did. And yeah, we did. There was colourful houses there as well. There was a, 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 a completely matte black house as well. A Vanda Black house. Vanda Black house. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely cosy little seaside town though. So since then as well, um, myself and Evan were hired to help out with a band called De Matrona, a band from Belfast. Uh, Evan was hired in on, on stick duty because obviously his credentials to date would suggest that he's very good at playing the drums. I was brought in as a tour manager because to date I've surely have proved myself to be reliable. In Throughout the entire Stripes career, I wasn't the second last person getting into the van every morning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we were hired. They were doing a festival run of gigs. They were doing Beautiful Days in Exeter and they were doing... Uh, Reading and Leeds. Reading and Leeds as well. And then Ready Lee. Ready Lee. Uh, and then a show in the, uh, the Kentish Town Forum supporting a band called I Don't Know Harry But They Found Me. An atrocious name for a band. Horrific. From Don't care Don't care who hears it. It's horrific. <laughs> it's a fucking horrific name, lads. Sort it out. And the main guy from that band is in another terribly atrociously named band called Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Because the Panic has to have the exclamation mark there. Yeah. So we just, we just suggest it's the end of a sentence. So you go Panic 
at, at the, the disco. disco. Terrible. Awful. Don't care who hears it. Yes, we haven't ever brought on to take charge of that. Uh, and we did that. The festival run was grand. Lugging the gear across was an absolute pain in the hole. But good, <laughs> good fun Good fun to be back in England doing festivals and all that sort it's of stuff. mad. We'll come back to that later on because I've got a little story there. But oh, nice. myself and Evan were in, in a tiny little bit of a mini work for us here. Myself and Evan were uh, on a day off in London. You just arrived from Leeds. I, I came to London a day early. You came down from Leeds the next day. And I we did. agreed to go see Enter the Dragon, which was showing at the Prince Charles Cinema. On the way there, you now you'd sort of a drum kit for yourself for the London show I had and we thought nothing of that I assumed courtesy of uh, the kooks not to be bragging or anything but uh, I mean kooks. I thought nothing of anything else I was like well because we were only travelling with the guitars and drum breakables and I thought like well obviously obviously there's going to be amps there I assume because so, I was brought onto the job kind of late I was like surely this has all been advanced before this I'm just here to make sure people like arrive on time and things like that then as we were walking to Enter the Dragon surely to God surely to God surely all that, is, all that is sensible in the world there will be fucking amps there and then we were literally walking towards the tube station and I turned to you and just said out of the blue are there amps at this gig? Mm. and you did like a <sighs> oh I don't know and then I just happened to like email our point of contact at this venue and go hello there just wanted to check is there going to be a backline at this gig and he came back and said unfortunately no and then I unfortunately had a conniption uh, and said right okay well as soon as we see Enter the Dragon we're getting this sorted out. <laughs> so, end up then, same person who got us the drum kit, we got in touch with our old tour manager, Richie, and he sorted us out, which was great. So it was all no panic in the end. But had we not had that little, like, heart attack moment, we would have turned up at the venue at 11am going, great, what can we plug into? Oh, there was nothing for us to plug into here. We would have looked like spanners. Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's the end of the dragon, which is a really fun ride. It was, on, it was the end of the dragon on an original 35mm reel in the Prince Charles Cinema, which is very cool. But that had obviously been kept in the boot of somebody's car. Oh, it, it had been pissed on. Someone had like put out cigarettes on it as well. There was so many like, <laughs> black spots shining through that, but it was great for Retrieved from a fucking garden shed by the looks of it. Yeah, but it was a really fun romp and I, I'd never seen it before and I always wanted to see it and all this stuff. And mm. I, I, like most people, left the film feeling like, even though I have absolutely no prior training at all, all I could if the situation demanded it kill someone with my bare hands <laughs> I could do kung fu as we were leaving the fucking exit door of the cinema was so lucky it didn't get its fucking head kicked in because I wanted to slice and dice just like anything now so then that was all grand we did the show in London all, all absolutely fine the girls did a great job and it was good fun being there all that sort of stuff we then were flying home and we flew into T2 in Dublin which is a <laughs> Terminal 2 for the people who don't understand and we were flying in from there and we happened to see the depression ad do you remember this? yes so years ago <gasps> with the stripes with the stripes on it oh, so yeah. it's still on it's still, still on Dublin airport so story time folks we were asked years ago oh there's a like a a, a, help, a child helpline mental, mental health awareness helpline thing that they're setting up for teenagers yeah and they want to get iconography that's associated with teenagers to use in this ad could we use a picture of yours because we're getting loads of different iconography to associate with teen stuff is that okay and we're like yeah of course please use this is it we just sent them a load of photos and they're like cool they picked one and it was grand months later we happened to see the ad running in the big screen in the terminal of Erlingus the, the arrivals terminal of Erlingus of Dublin airport and in the image the girl is like hunched on her bed clutching her knees knees to her chest really upset looking sobbing sobbing and her room is adored in like posters and toys and all that and they've all been digitally altered to look upset so there's like a teddy bear with a frowny face there's, like, do to use? there's a comic book with a man like cry, like a cell shaded comic book thing with a man like crying a tear the, um, the tagline is like when you're down your whole world seems down or something like that so the thing is the whole point of the ad is like she is surrounded by everything about her world looks sad and is upset because she's upset and all that sort of stuff right so they've got like teddy bears like the clock the two hands on the clock are facing down as well to look like a sad face everything about it has been like digitally altered to look sad and the photo of us is 
untouched. Wow. It's not touched. You I just like, look miserable. Yeah. yeah. There's a picture of Bob Green took of us in New York, in America. And I was like, I quite like that photo. And they were like, yeah, these, those cons look miserable in that picture. Let's use that for the depression ad. It's a good picture, but yeah. yeah. It's a pretty sullen looking outfit, to be fair. I was being like sullen as in like, I look like a cool legend here. Not like I were literally the poster children for you should ring someone if you look like this. Well, I, you know I, I, mean? I was always, I always took on the advice of if you want to look like no emotion, look bored. But we look suicidal. I was meant to just go, no emotion at all, poker face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing was, they saw this and were like, yes, we hope that if someone sees this collection of images together, that they will ring and get the help that they need. What age is even in the picture? Like, I'm probably 17, 17 18. Yeah, 17, 18. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, on that as well. So one of the one of the girls, a girl called Molly in, in Dame Matrona, dropped the bomb the first day we were rehearsing that she'd seen me on You Been Framed before. Supposedly. That's madness. What? Then with the clip of me falling over into the amp that I put up on Instagram ages ago. That's on You Been Framed. She referred to that video. She was like, oh, what about that You Been Framed video of you, Pete? We were talking about gas that happened on stage. We were talking about falling over on stage. That's what it was. And she was like, yeah, what about that You Been Framed video of you and I said what she said the video of you like falling into that and I was like well I put that up on my like Instagram page and she was like I didn't follow you then she was like I saw that on You've Been Framed they were like I sent that in but I didn't hear back and she was like well that's how I know the clip is called You've Been Framed because like, I refer to it as that because I saw it on You've Been Framed you're owed 250 ITA pounds my friend money. did Harry Hill talk over it what would he have did said something to say we have to watch every episode single episode of You've Been Framed yeah. we do but anyway that's all cool. Before we even get started into the segments, we haven't all hung out in a while. It's really, I have, like, it feels like I haven't seen you or like, Ross or Sam in fucking ages, even though it was literally it's maybe... It's been like a week and a half. It's like 15 days ago since we did the fucking yeah. uh, Irish Music Week thing. We all haven't hung out in a while and I've missed I've missed the chats and all this stuff. So I want to run a little sort of like think piece, moral choice, opinion thing, bias. And okay. It's one of my more robust ones as well, I think. Yeah. If you had to swap two liquids in your body... And where they came out of, what would you swap? So it would be like you piss, vomit, and you vomit, piss. Or you cry, come, but you ejaculate tears. Or you like shit, sweat, but you sh- poo comes out your pores is shit, when you're running. Is shit and vomit a liquid? Can it shouldn't be. be. They, they can be. <laughs> They well, can they're be, semi-solids. Yeah. They've been known to be. They're non-Newtonian liquids that just behave whatever way they're perceived to be. My vomit's always been non-Newtonian. If you slap it, it's going to slap back, but if you let it simmer, it'll just fucking flow. Simmer. <laughs> I've had some oh. liquidy poos too. So. Yeah. I don't know, we've all had them, but, but generally... You're getting away from the point of what liquids would you swap? What would be the most inconsequential... Like saliva and tears the other way around spit coming out your eyes though you'd have a salty mouth all oh, the time and as you, well. would, you would absolutely yeah die of like salt poisoning yeah i would swap semen and co- semen and semen and cum. <laughs> semen, <laughs> semen and blood oh my god i think if i had semen running through my veins i'd be the most powerful man Adonis alive <laughs> you'd also come blood though yeah but i would be so dangerous you would be the god of, of <laughs> you'd be so potent no one would stop me i'd probably become like the president of the world and fly into space on my own yeah. You'd be, you'd, you'd almost be up there with like Tom Jones or something like that. <laughs> it's better to come in the sink than it is to sink into the calm. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I might do just like sweat and tears because it's effectively it's the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Probably, yeah, both salty. Maybe I'll change. Maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll go bogeys and come. I'll swap them. <laughs> I come bogeys for, and f- for fun. I s- fucking sneeze. Come. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't be. Yeah, wouldn't be the most life altering. Change. I mean, how often do you sneeze, really? Yeah, exactly. How often, how often do you often come? Yeah. <laughs> Four to five times a day. The thing of, like, pissing vomit. Are we reversing the roles of the sneeze and fizz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you at the Christmas table. For the listeners at home, Christmas dinner, I think it was 2016, I genuinely sneezed. We counted, like, 56 times, 57. Oh, my God. You came 56 times. So, yeah, so imagine if, I, if, if we were living in a world where those things had been swapped. 
the the characteristics of the organs were swapped. I think I would probably actually one of the things that would be funny would be swapping like earwax and poo as well. That would be horrific. Imagine your fucking like ear doctor's hop when he'd like syringe your ears and a full on dookie poo comes out. Comes out. <laughs> like how would you poo? Would you just like rub it out with like a no? But the you know, thing is, your wax would just occupy the poo. But then so your, your arse would just produce a lot of wax. When you needed when you needed to poo, you'd just poo wax. Pretty much. And oh, you, you poop wax, so you're not. Oh no, sorry. What am I talking about? No, if you, if you, if you, if you like, oh, yeah, you, that's what I mean. Like, you'd still have to shit out your ears. I think you know there's, I, mean? I think there's still more workshopping to be done on the thing piece, but I think it's a good way to start. We, what are we exchanging the characteristics? So are the ears fulfilling the function of the hours? <laughs> Do you hear it through your hours now? <laughs> like, can you say that a bit louder, please? And like, fucking point your arse at someone. <laughs> yeah. oh, screaming into somebody's arse, and it's like, geez, you're right in the life out of me there. I think I would swap piss and poo just because they're so close. <laughs> they're not close though. No, as in, as in, literally in terms of like geography. Graphically. Graphically. Squeezing the poo out your willy though. It'd be like play doh, it'd be like the little play doh, it'd be like a little, little spaghetti. Yeah. Oh my god. And then it'd be like I'd be like a bird pissing, like you just be like, oh, out the arse. Be great. I know. I Mickey know. Bradley's gonna hear this. I know. Quick now update on everybody. I've moved house from Harold's Cross and I live in Fibbers Barogue. A different neighbourhood of the For me, which is great. And on my first day there, I was walking up past the Kung Fu buffet, which is going to be my local eatery, and there was a wasp on my hand. And I hated that. Them fibs for a wash. You didn't get stung. I did a wash there as well. And by the two other housemates that are there, both individually accosted me on my decision to iron my jeans. What? Yeah, they were like, you iron jeans. And I said, yes. Yeah, and they went, do. why? Jeans get creased. Exactly. Jeans are the, the, amongst amongst the main ironing things you meant to iron. Yeah, yeah. Was, so I felt like fucking, I don't want to chew by the dozen. I can't think they heard his name, but Piper Parabu plays the older sister and her boyfriend is Ashton Kutcher. And they're like, oh, we hate him. He's such a prick. Oh, he irons his jeans. And I was like, that's a pretty logical fucking thing to do. You know what I mean? You wear your jeans to look shit. Yeah, exactly. And your man, one of the guys in the house was like, you know, I suppose, I suppose, you know, I was like, I iron jeans all the time. I don't want to look creased. And he goes, I suppose the crease thing is maybe a... Maybe a style thing. And I was like, I don't need looking like a fucking vagrant. It's a style option. You know what I mean? It's a style choice. What about the mail you received, Pete? Oh, yeah. I So I was at the house. I've, I haven't told anybody that have barely moved there. Like, you know, but I didn't tell you yeah. my address yet. No. Nobody knows. And I got there. And the second day that I was there, I had all my stuff unpacked and all this stuff. I, got, I moved, sorry, in between. So we did, played in Exeter. Yeah. Did Beautiful Days Festival in Exeter. We had two days before we were going off to Reading and Leeds. I decided those were the two days that I was going to move house. It was a terrible idea when we got back from Reading and Leeds then the first day I was in the house being like okay I'm properly here now great a letter arrived it said Peter Hanlon 91 Peter Hanlon (laughs) Peter Hanlon whatever the fuck it was there you go and I was like this is heavy what's in this and I opened it and it was two tuning forks and nothing else nothing to say good luck in the new place or or like you know chatty soon or here you go but signed with nothing at all so two weird. totally unsolicited unwarranted tuning forks I don't know who the fuck sent it I know what F is but I don't know who the fuck <laughs> sent it because I was thinking like, maybe was the housemates from the other house sent it as like a goodbye pre- but Do also they know the address they don't know the address no. I have no idea who sent me these fucking tuning forks and I don't know who is, whose address I gave out I don't know what <laughs> is going on but anyway Becky's not here but she went to London which I assume was good crack Ross you went away <laughs> for your birthday I did um, I went I I turned uh, 24 from the age of 22. I skipped 23 because fuck that. So I, I stayed 22 for an extra year. You should, everyone should try it. It's really good. I stayed on a converted bus, which brought back a lot of memories. I'm a lot more comfortable, I have to say. But it was parked. We I remember seeing the photo where it was like, it's this, it's a big bus, literally by a cliff. And there's yeah. a little wooden platform with two chairs, which does look like a really romantic, like they left a note and never came back. I know, like yeah. They sat there and held yeah. hands while they fell off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, no, it is mad. Like, it literally is like bus, then two meters, the ocean. But at the same time, you're like, 
up a giant fucking cliff. So as the Vex went to London, you went to, where was that? It was in Cork, was it? I was in Cork. You went to Cork and you went mad. Yeah. How was that? Fine. <laughs> I went stir crazy and booked myself some some tickets for a trip that's going to happen after this. Yeah, you're going to Rome. To Rome. Can't believe you're leaving the country. I know. How irresponsible. I mean, it's, it's such bad form, but what can you do? <laughs> really inconsiderate. You went to Cork. The lads went to England, but Rome is a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. We wouldn't be friends if we didn't voice our concerns. I know. I don't think you should go. Well, I'm only going as a way of trying to find the best Italian restaurant because we've been to the place in Cork, which is pretty much the top spot i don't think i'm going to be able to beat that but you're also yeah. going to like the most down and out city in italy all their right? bu- all their buildings are old and crumbling yeah man. like that, they have that big building in the middle and it's just falling apart <laughs> decrepit it Coliseum. really is like <laughs> yeah like jesus coliseum coliseum yeah wouldn't yeah. want to fucking be ya. damn right i was in blanchestown yesterday and now there's a fucking city i saw yeah i saw um there was a mother saying goodbye, or an auntie, or someone saying goodbye to a little girl. Don't know going to cry. Who was going off with her mother or auntie, whichever one it was. Yeah. And they, one of them said, "See you later, alligator." And the little girl replied, "In a while, stinky poo poo head." <laughs> That's infinitely better. You saw a genius at work. My cousin's, my cousin's husband's niece is a very funny child and I've seen several videos of her and uh, she had an obsession with saying did you have a nice time in the toilet like saying that over and over again on camera and then <laughs> one time changes up to be did you have a nice time with the socks with the poo in it <laughs> <laughs> brilliant I think we'll kick into the first segment oh, Pizza. <laughs> we're going to go into the segment now we're going to go into Pete's patent pending <laughs> So, Pete's Patent Pending, this is Pete's Patent Pending, where I, and now everyone else included as well, pitches products that they think they might... You know what, you pitched last time. I did, but not today. Not today, that's okay. Uh, we pitch products that we think would be interesting, or maybe even just fun to talk about. So, in the latest issue of Cro-Magnon, I happened across a great idea. There's the famous film with Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep called Kramer vs. Kramer. There's also is the character from Seinfeld called Kramer. I thought, let's get these cunts in a ring, and have Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer. Now, who we backing? I think Dustin Hoffman's going down so oh, fucking no, he's, fast. He's go, yeah. No, we're back in Seinfeld, Kramer. He's going to be a psycho. I think Meryl Streep's going to have something in the bag. Yeah, I think Streep's time. coming out on top of this one. I have to say. I'm going to have to side with Kramer. I think. I think. Well done. I think Michael Richards is going fucking. T- I think he's going to win, but it's going to be close. Meryl Streep's going to take some lumps out of him, but he will emerge victorious. Yeah, or he might look like he's winning. He might like again. Then at the very very end, he might comically sepuku himself. After he loses, he'll tell the story of how he won. But safe to say that Indeed. Dustin Hoffman is not lasting past the first round he is absolute dust Dun. dust in the wind <laughs> dude dust in the half man yeah uh, a postal marriage service like like mail order brides but done in a clandestine fashion mm-hmm. envelope oh very good wow. uh, nice uh, a new name for like stomach like muscle injuries associated with the political pressure of embezzling an entire country Bertie a hernia <laughs> yeah. a triple x rated version of beloved children's show uh, dick and dominatrix in the bungalow <laughs> They're my offerings this week, this month. Anybody else got any? No, no. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> One half of an iconic middle of the road traditional Irish musical duo uh, joins forces with a beatnik spoken word poet to do some sort of crazy cr- crossover. Uh, Foster and Allen Ginsberg. Nice. nice. Very good. I like that. Very good. Okay, that was Pete's patent pending. Pete's patent pending. 
Like Sonic Sex. Short and sweet. Bit like me, baby. Boom. Baby. Son, son Sex. Who's, who's bringing in Son Sex? Gun Toby Baxter, the weed Jordy lad, the best centre forward that the milk must ever had. This is Sonic Sex. Yes, this is Sonic Seconds where we play two or three seconds from a track that just make the track for us. That's from Shooting Stars, ain't it? Yeah, well, Vic and Bob. Vic, oh, Vic and Bob. Vic, Vic, Vic and Bob's big, big night out. Bollocks. I peated it. Approximate knowledge. I was going to do a quote from that clip, Ev, so oh, yeah, well, you can later on. Do it, do it. Give us your Sonic Second. My Sonic Second is going to come courtesy of the Rowling Stones, would you believe, as a little tip of the hat, because obviously since we've since the last time we've spoken, we have lost a, we have lost a ledge bag. <laughs> We've sad. I hate to report the death of a ledge bag. Yeah, uh, Charlie Watts. We really have. I was very sad to hear of the passing of Charlie Watts. What a fucking absolute legend. We all obviously. I know we. There's we've stone, ragged on the Stones prior. We, we've all got different complicated relationships with the Stones. As does that Mandy woman that Will Wyman went out with. <laughs> but obviously, you know, no denying the original early years. Uh, it was obviously very a very big foundational influence on ourselves back in the day. And Charlie was always. Regardless of whatever you know, you might think of any period of the Stones. Charlie was always a cool bastard. Always held it together and was a fucking legend, pretty much all the time. Loved the guy. This is a fantastic intro to any song. The Stones' fourth, the Stones' fourth single, first number one, Bobby Womack song. It's all over now. If I was to pick a favorite Stones track of the Stones' eras that I favor, this is possibly up there. Just what a fucking cool intro. What a great fucking start to a track. I think that's fucking brilliant. Really good track. Really cool, really cool intro. Never had a G and... Yes, G, C, D and F. Working hard for the money there. <laughs> my favourite Stone song is Bittersweet Symphony by the Mine Verve. is Fireflies by Owl City. That's my favourite Rolling Stone song. <laughs> Ross, what's your Sonic Second? Well, I, I said before we started, I've been listening to 2000s rock and pop. Like Busted. So, The Strokes. Oh, is can I try and guess it? Go on. Is it the hi-hat in You Only Live Once? No. Oh, okay. I was we'll listening back to, that. to that. Yeah. yeah. Now this is the start of New York City Cops. This is a great where track. Where does a little ad libby. This, um, okay, not saying Strokes did anything, but the track New York City Cops is the ninth track on their 11 track album. New York City Cops. Didn't it have to be, it had to be wow. taken off the album. 9-11, was it? It was taken off the album because of 9-11. Well, it's on the album. Oh, but it, like, <laughs> it, it, it got removed from... It got uh, removed, but the fucking album cover didn't. No, Actually, no, the album cover was changed in America. It was changed, it was, that, it was. That has nothing to do with 9-11, though. Oh, you're right, yeah, it was, it was taken off following yeah. the cinema text of that, but it was, still, it was still released as a double A-side in America as well. Oh, nice. Go on, Ross. What? What's the Sonic Second? Oh yeah, this bit. When he comes in and he, he's he's a funny bastard. <laughs> that's good. Nice little studio ad libs. I think it's a really good song. It's one of my favorite songs on that album. It's very good. Yeah, so that, that's Sonic Second. That's my Sonic Second. Strokes are cool, man. Strokes are cool. They are. Yeah, ish. I'm literally yeah. not making fun of you. I'm saying that they are cool. No, they are cool. They are. Don't, don't get defensive, man. No, I'm saying they are. Like, Chill beans, man. Strokes fucking suck. They suck sack. Fuck the Strokes, man. They did. They were pretty big. What's your Sonic Second? My Sonic Second. Well, I don't know how familiar all of you are with library music, <laughs> but it's something I've been delving into 
recently. I'm familiar with the library music that has been featured extensively on the 1967 to 70 Spider-Man series. That'd be the extent that I would know it to as well. Yeah. That's it. This is how, this is going to sound really stupid, Sam. I thought libraries held books. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out there's a whole other type of library. Yeah, this yeah, crazy yeah. revelation. Another piece of library music I'd be familiar with would be uh, the Cybermen are breaking out of their tombs. Yes. What's it? You just spoil the Sonic Second. Sorry about that, Sam. Let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> the last time I was in a library, um, Faith by George Michael was playing. So is it that? In the library? Yeah, well, basically, yeah. Uh, there you go. Library music. Just, you know, loads and loads and loads of music recorded by not famous but very well regarded musicians in the you know 50s 60s 70s etc made for use in tv and film that other places other corporations like the bbc could just buy and use for example peter serafinowicz show from the 2000s uses library music as its theme song song recorded in the 60s by a man called sid dale and today i'm going to be talking about a sid dale track called the hellraisers and there's just a drum fill in it a tasty little drum fill at the one minute mark Just love that. I know it's simple Is enough. That bam, 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 yeah, bam. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So the most, the most bog standard snare roll I know, ever recorded. So nice. okay. It sounds so good. It's a sugar digger digger ding. It's so well recorded, and it could well have been the theme song to a TV show from the sixties. Probably was as well. under a different name. Sharp left turn from that. Now, we're not actually not, not too drastic a, a departure from library music. I have a live clip of the Coral. Doing, oh, nice. Doing Dreaming of You live at Glastonbury in two thousand and seven. L- love it. Love these live oh, Sonic dreams. Seconds that you're bringing in. Pete. Oh, did I? Did I have another live Sonic Second? Did I? With Badfinger. Oh with yeah. Don't yeah. plan. So I'm just gonna play it. Here. I think it's it's the first up in my lonely room in the first chorus in this. James Skelly tears the world a new one mm. with his with his with his take. As is his want. Hell yeah. Powerful. Love that. Fuck Love yeah. That. Passionate performance. Great song, great band. He doesn't look like a person who could write songs like that or sing like that. Mm. Either. He's one of those people who just, his voice does not does suit how he both. looks. He's a bit like Steve Marriott as well. He should not look like he could sing like that, you know? Yeah. Saw so him do it live in the Academy in 2019, mate. And I think... That's it for Sonic Seconds. Can Tubby Baxter, the wee Jordy lad, the best centre forward that the Mook would ever add? That was Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds! I know Kung Fu. This is faux pas. Singing, singing badly, and we listen to them gladly. It's the Vopaz. Oh shit, sorry, one more time. Yes, this is Vopaz, where we bring up instances of singers just cacking it either live or on a rare occasion on the recording when the producer or the band didn't know what the fuck they were at. Yeah. That was from Matrix, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the Matrix is um, coming out again. It's, re- it's been remastered. remixed. Remade. They're doing a capital version they of remade it. Remade it. Yeah, with, with. We shot it like, isn't it? Yeah, it's a mo- new movie. Jesus. With, with, um, with a new Morpheus, unfortunately. And a new Keanu. And a Keanu. No, also, oh, they're using Keanu Old. So it's a sequel, or it's like a remake of the first one? It uh, looks like a sequel. Oh, no, maybe okay. not. What happened to Morpheus? It's The Matrix 4. You guys. So, so it's, just, it's just another film. It's not a remake. They're just doing Matrix 4, Ross. Well, it says here the Matrix Resurrections. Yaya Abdul Mateen the second confirms his role as Morpheus. So that's the new Morpheus. So what happened to Morpheus in real life? The original one. He doesn't know who the original Morpheus is. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, is he still alive? He's still alive. He he's, is. Just, he's just got better things to do. He's Perry White in the new Superman movies. Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne has never been known as Morpheus. I forget. I was like ten when I saw the Matrix. Okay. I forgot who he was. <laughs> What's your vopa, Russ? My vopa. 
I find it so hard to find Vopaz, but um, yeah, it's horrible. I love it. Oh, I've lost it. Basically, I've I've gone looking. See, things I don't, I don't, you don't ever, you don't go looking for gold. You just live your life, and they come to you. That's what I do yeah. with Vopaz. I just listen to stuff and I watch it, and then eventually I come across one and go, fantastic. Bad vocal performance. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you literally look up on YouTube bad vocal performance? Yeah, but it's not, that's, that takes all the hunt no, no, out no. of it, Ross. No, but that's um, that wasn't actually what I got it from. I got this from TikTok. Oh, okay, from TikTok, oh, nice. But um, I've lost the video. Ah, oh, fuck this, anyway. We can't fucking <laughs> find this. You gotta save them. You gotta save it. Fucking... You didn't save it. How did you think you were gonna find it? How did you think the page wasn't gonna, like, reload and it wasn't gonna fucking disappear? Yeah. Anyway, it was... It was a... It was a, it was a fucking... Okay, I think I think I found it. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh my god what is the context of that what's going on in there who is it what did they do I have no idea who it is it's obviously an opera singer I, I saw I, I saw I didn't see this audio on TikTok I heard this audio on TikTok of someone doing a joke of you know everything's going well and then everything goes to shit and they use that audio mm. so to find it because I went into the audio and it didn't exist apparently oh god so to find it I just looked up opera voice crack ah nice Sam beat up his vopad twice today already so I'm interested to see what your vopad is actually going to be oh have I you said you went to your vopad my vopad so oh it is funny it's cheeky it's a cheeky one because it's not necessarily like a wrong note or anything it just sounds absolutely ridiculous to me so I don't know if we're aware of the police the band (laughs) and the other police too yeah the New York City cops yeah. No, so we've got the police and Elvis Costello, two titans of our musical taste. Yeah. Is this on spectacle? Uh, it could be. Uh. They're making a spectacle of themselves, <laughs> but it, there's just a moment where they switch roles and Sting sings an Elvis Costello line and Elvis Costello sings a police line. Wow. And it's just ridiculous. Just the overlap, like Elvis Costello's clearly out of his range, but Absolutely. fair play, he is trying yeah, to sing yeah. that, and then just the what the man is there. The way, the way, like Sting gets kind of like undercut for it. Like, let me, let yeah. me sing my yeah. your hit to you, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> That's so stupid. Costello is fucking splitting the sack though to get up there. <laughs> yeah, no, he really is. The poor I didn't man. Realize they're both the same song as well. They are. I know. Very similar, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, so my Sonic Second comes from the newly christened, like, enemy of the podcast. Vopa, surely. Vopa. My Vopa comes from the newly christened enemy of the podcast, uh. Van Morrison. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait for this. It's him promoting latest record project number one. Yes. Uh, promoting it on Jules Holland doing Up County Down. On the new series of Jules, is there? Well, this came out 11th of June, 2021. Oh. Is he from Down? I thought he was from Antrim. Maybe, I don't know, but he's, he's obviously up County Down. He's well, like, he, yeah, the boys he, are there. He loves the guy. Yeah. So this, up down. again, don't yeah. think this is necessarily wrong notes. It's just what he does makes no sense. <laughs> in standing with his general persona. Yeah. yeah. Up and deep in the heart of Texas. Not, not in deep in the heart of down. Been up on Highway 1. Did he just say deep in the heart of Texas, deep, deep in, in the, the heart, heart of down. down? He did. He's like deep in the heart of down. He's in Lurgan, lads. Go back. I've been deep in the heart of Texas, deep in the heart of down. Been up on Highway One, child, I've been around. 
Good grief. Is that, that's like, didn't um, realize this had happened. It's like the Family Guy sting thing. Yeah. Poor Van. Not poor man. No, but yeah, poor fuck that. Poor man. Poor man. No, it's funny. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And people have to put up with that. Like, it sounds like comedy music from a satire Disney movie musical kind Latest of. Latest record project. I hope it stays the latest record project and there isn't another one afterwards. Yeah, where's volume two, Van? Why are you on Twitter? <laughs> Why are you on Facebook? Why are you on TikTok? Why are you on TikTok? <laughs> or lovely, if he finds a video from someone, he's like, Why am I on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, there's my one to come from. So my Vopa comes from uh, the Kinks. Nice. In the last since since we got home from our sojourn to England, beat it safe to say the, the time the time that I've spent in the house has been spent um, when not watching uh, Sean Locke and Mickey Flanagan videos, uh, listening to the Kinks. Great, because I watched the Great Kinks documentary from twenty. Very, an- very Anglo centric things to be doing. Yeah. The comment on this video of the Kinks live in 1966 on Beat 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 goes very, like very with two E's, and then very, very bad vocalist, dot dot dot. I watched this great documentary about the Kinks about the making of the Village Green Preservation Society that came out in 2018. That when we were in Leeds actually was on Sky Arts at the night that you went <laughs> to London. Oh cool. Uh, so I watched like the last... Is there a clip of that where the, where the two lads play some of the tracks in a pub? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. It's on YouTube. I've seen it. It's great. It's it's really the, good. The whole documentary is on YouTube, yeah. yeah so great. I watched like the last 20 minutes. It caught it. Andy Partridge is in it. Of course he is. Um, fucking uh, caught the last half an hour of it on Sky Arts in Leeds and I was like, when I get home, I'm going to watch that in full and I did and I loved it and I've been on a little kinks thing ever since. Nice. Again. That brought me to this space, this very unvillage green sort of place not pastoral well actually ironically milk cow blues is the name of the song so literally pastoral oh. in some way the kings have been known to do cool renditions of milk cow blues in the past um the old, the old blues song but um live in 1966 on the german tv show beat 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 with dave davies handling lead vocal duties dave whose voice was punky at best in this era. Very, very bad vocalist. I knew as soon as you said the Kings thing, I was like, it's going to be Dave. It's going to be Dave. Dave, who pulled it out of the bag vocally later on. The thing is, it's, it's a shame like, at this point in time that he doesn't have like the skill to match his enthusiasm because the yeah. enthusiasm is there. Yeah. Just the chords. He was probably down. only like 17 or something here as well, wasn't he? Yeah, as we know through songs such as Strangers, uh, you know, he pulled it out of the bag vocally big time later on and on even uh, Listen to the Village Green Lately, Wicked Annabella, uh, um, Susanna's Still Alive, Death of a Clown. He's got like some fantastic vocal moments, great, great songs sung by him, but Milk Cow Blues in 1966 on Beat 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 sounds like this. Oh no, Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave. No, he should be sorry. I'm not sorry. Gary Rock punk rock in it all that sort of stuff can't sanction that well the kinks in general are just better later on pretty yeah from from a certain period and uh, better later on and I don't think ever would have been like oh god yeah the kinks live was amazing I think they're like the albums are just they're they're, they're fucking incredible it's about the songs and it's about the songwriting and the albums and all that sort of stuff like there is a live in concert BBC in concert thing from about 1970 it's incredible it's fucking brilliant but again that's 1970 so it's like but it's it's not like oh god yeah the fucking they're just such mad rabid performers like this them being like we've got our orcs we've got our back we're like like, like recreating the songs live it's it's about the content as opposed to performance but yeah uh, to the two comments in that video one very very bad vocalist and then the next one just goes ha garage rock so that sums it all up I know kung fu that was Vopa singing singing badly and we listen to them gladly 
step. Oh, pa. Oh, shit. Sorry, one more time. Hold. Hold. <laughs> hold. In, in the bucket and net. net. Kick. Heat. Smoke. This is Work For Us. Yes, this is work farce where we let we we tell you the oh, yeah. Fuck, sorry, you just work farce right there. I work farce about there. I just, yeah, the work farce was the time I fucked up the intro to work farce. Mm-hmm. Work farce is just me telling instances where I fucking fucked up on the job, and this was a fuck up. That quote is from the quote that I've mentioned earlier on as well from the same. Comedy yeah. and Bob's big night out. Yeah, so. I think at this point in time, I'm in danger of being held in too high regard. That's why I'm telling the story now. Today. I can just, everyone can just take me down a peg in their yeah. estimations. Yeah, Take you down and peg. That's preferably. I'd, ra- I'd rather be taken down and pegged rather than taken down a peg. So we were at Beautiful Days Festival in Exeter. Yeah. We just finished the show. Myself and Evan. <laughs> yeah. Myself and Evan were like, what are we going to do now? We'll go to the artist tent. We'll go to the artist catering pub place. Go to the Hope Tavern. And we had a few drinks and did that for the evening. We ended up going to a wine and cheese reception where the engineer, we happened to meet our, the engineer from our very first album, Jake Rousham. Shout out to Jake Rousham, the big fucking legend. Who brought us to a wine and cheese reception at his caravan place with the Levelers, who were the, the band who run the festival. Yeah. And so we had a nice afternoon with them there, quaffing merrily as we did. I, I quaffed a lot that day. You mixed your quaffage. I only quaffed one type of liquid that day. I quaffed as many as were going. As we went to renew our quaffs, uh, met a man dressed as uh, Jonesy from Dad's Army, which was a highlight of my day. Life even, probably. Yeah, probably. We exchanged uh, shouts of they don't like it up them. So that was all fine. And then about, probably about seven or eight or so, I think you retired back to the hotel and I went back yep. to the gear and then I went back down to the festival mm-hmm. and resumed the quaffing we, oh uh, we also uh, met Bruce Foxton in the artist's toilets as well in the men's toilets we both bummed in yeah he was in there yeah. for quite poor Bruce I think having some in college because he was there for <laughs> quite a while at the urinal I was quite a merry man when he came in and so as he as Bruce Foxton appeared up the little stairs into the caravan men's toilet type thing I wheeled around and I went well Bruce what's the crack what did he say he went you're up mate <laughs> <laughs> he would though wouldn't he he fucking would though like Sickening bastard. Everyone retired to the rooms wisely. I didn't, and I stayed on at the festival quite late. And it was a trek back in the morning. Now I came in in the morning at about we were due we were due to go to the airport at ten a.m. Tax was picking us up at ten a.m. to go back to the airport. I got into the room maybe about nine eighteen, quite late. And apparently came into you and finger gunned and went. I'm back. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you woke me up. You bastard. Came in quite uh, inebriated and um, went to bed. The alarm went off 15 minutes later for me to get up. And I did that, like, jerked awake, like, oh, Jesus Christ, get fuck, okay, Christ. Now, at this point in time, we were day two into the into my, my tenure with Deimatrona, which is the name of the girls' band, as their tour manager. Yeah. And was like, oh, today is an ordeal now. And they had gotten us up both days as well. <laughs> yeah, they'd woke up. I know. I was new to the gig. There's a learning, there's a learning period, there's a latency period of adjusting to responsible roles. So I got up then and was like, obviously feeling pretty worse for wear. And Evan had bought four little sort of like bread rolly like bap- a, a, sort of a packet of like what you wouldn't it, not like it's not like an American hot dog bun, but what in this part of the world we would put sausages in and call a hot dog. It was a soft sort of oblong bap sort of type soft of bread. white roll. Yeah, it's fucking brioche, man. It wasn't a brioche because it was not sweet. Um, it's made out of brioche. You fucking eat Okay, it. cool. So there was some of them there and I croaked to Ev, can I have them, please? <laughs> he said, yes, of course. So uh, I took one bite of one of them knowing that like I have to eat something. My stomach was ravenous. I had to ingest something. And took a bite of this. It was the driest thing I'd ever 
eaten in my entire life and my body could not produce any saliva. So in my state, I remembered that speed eaters dip bread into water in order to get it into them as quick as possible. So I grasped the plastic bag full of rolls and I went into the tiny little sink in the toilet, turned the tap on and ran the bread under the water and would then gung it into my mouth. Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, what the fuck is a speed eater? People do speed eating competition, as in eat food as quick as possible. They eat like 50 hot dogs in like an hour. It's like speed eating is like a competition. Like a hot dog eating competition. It's like a men versus food oh, type thing, yeah. So yeah, speed yeah, eaters, right. that's what they do. And I don't know why in my in my middle period between being quite hungover and quite drunk, fit period went, I remember this about speed eaters. You reinvented yourself as a speed eater. I don't know why it occurred to me in that point to be like, I remember that speed eater. I remember it was in an episode of Malcolm in the Middle is where I learned it from. Again, I don't know why that occurred to me at that point, but I was like, I have to eat this. I know from that show episode Michael in the middle that they wet the bread and eat it and I'm going to do that. So I leaned over the sink, <laughs> dipped the bread in and was getting it soaking wet and when I tell you, I was in absolute flavour town when I was eating that bread and water. It tasted incredible. Did it like unlock the enzymes in the bread or something and make it really sweet? No, no, it did, It definitely was disgusting. It just, I, my body needed to eat something solid. You, you, you liquefied it though. <laughs> pureed it. You pureed it. You made it into a non-Newtonian liquid. Uh, and I ate it and it was my breakfast. And then I went downstairs and the juice bar was still open in the, in the hotel breakfast area. I had six glasses of orange juice as well that I, ingested very quickly and then Orla happened to buy some cans of coke for us all some diet coke one, of the, one of the women from Damatrona yes so while we sat on a bench waiting for the taxi to come I had a full can of coke as well all of this proved to be a very potent mixture of liquids and semi-solids uh, so the taxi driver pulled up who was an absolute delight he was an uh, safe, safe, safe to say he was an affable chap yeah and he pulled up and it was in like a sort of a seven seater three seats in the back and then a big boot and then two seats in the front so the three might even go as far as say he was an affable bloke I would say I think he was he a bloke I have a pair of affable chaps at home oh brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah this man was a bloke to me looked like for all the world exactly like Alec Baldwin <laughs> and he was full of the talk of the day so we got into the taxi you went in the back. He was, I was talking a bit like a Radio 1 DJ from uh, back in the day, sort of talking about, uh, yeah, we had um, we had BBC Fun Day uh, around this part uh, a couple of years back ago. Back in the day. Have you listened to BBC 2? That's exactly it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, no, Radio 1 back in the day, okay. Radio 2 He was now. black burning hard. He's like, you musicians. He was like, smashing. Oh. He was nice. Yes, he was indeed. He was, And he was all go, which yeah. was the last thing that I needed beside me at that point in the day. <laughs> so I sat there in the front of the car thinking, all I have to do is get to the airport. Can't be that hard. Sat there and he was rabbiting on about a radio <laughs> a radiohead gig he went to at university in nineteen ninety one, about this BBC fun day, about some nude dance place that, that he was dropping some models to once. Yeah, as which well. I misunderstood because he's just been talking about paintball. I thought he talked about nude I thought he was talking paint, about nude paintball. As did I, which would be That'd murderous. Be so oh no, you'd die. Yeah. Um, you'd not get a ball off like in two fucking yeah, seconds yeah, or you get a paintball up the jacksey and you're going to hospital mm, absolutely but so again in the, the yes the, the vision of the world that this man was throwing at me was the last stuff that I needed to hear at all and then I got the rumblies and I realised <laughs> where were these rumblies located Pete? my stomach your tumbly your, your and my tummy someone's never watched fucking Winnie the Pooh I know fake fucking I fan I have watched Winnie the fucking Pooh <laughs> I'm in the middle of telling a fucking story <laughs> So I sat there and realized this is an issue now, but I didn't want to look unprofessional and tell them, I feel sick, can we pull over? So instead, in trying to maintain a semblance of professionalism, decided I won't tell them I feel sick. No. I'll just wait until I get sick all over myself, 
which I did. <laughs> I was sat there and I felt I felt a, a yearning come up my esophagus. Uh, the unavoidable. The unavoidable lurch and perch of some yeah. vomit and went, <laughs> managed to catch it in the mouth, dispose of it back down its original, the original way it came. That did not please my stomach and it went, fuck you, mate, and went, and it came all out. Tried to catch some in my hand. It went all down my front, all over my lovely crumbly jacket, right down my jeans. Some of it went down the back of my shoes into my heel, and a lot of it got on the seat and the floor of the taxi. Now, the taxi driver had just been saying to us that moment in time, you cleaned the van there yesterday? Look, it's spick and spent, love it. <laughs> just absolutely coated it. it. <laughs> absolutely coated it in my essence. Me and the two girls were in the back, and we heard like a... Like splish splash, I was taking a bath, sort of noises, and we were like, "What?" The? We were like, "Who spilled something? Or did something fall? Is something broken?" And we thought, like, we was like, "I didn't realize Pete had like a fizzy drink or something that he'd like shaken the can and like sprayed it everywhere or something like that in the front." But it was actually just your, it was again, it was your intestines. Obviously, the driver got a hop because he was a very innocent drive to the airport at ten a.m. on a Monday, <sighs> didn't think anything was going to happen, and then okay. suddenly a man, a twenty-five-year-old man beside him, without saying a single word, but having not spoken since getting into the taxi, <laughs> vomited everywhere. We pulled over, and I got out of the car, stumbled out of the car, went over to the side of the road, and my vision was obscured by the fact that all I could see was pure cylinders of orange yep. coming out of me. Can't imagine what you were thinking was going on at all. Obviously, Just it was like abject confusion at first, and then it was like. Oh, Pete's getting sick. I got back. I stood back up. Was vertical once again. Once I had once I had finished and um, walked back over to the van, thinking I'm gonna have to try and salvage this a bit. Mm. So opened the cabin door where you all were, and with vomit still dripping down my chin and on my front and all that, said, "Really sorry, girls. I um, came over a bit funny there." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Got into the front and sat there in my own filth till we got to the airport. Uh, the girls. God be good to them Tipped the taxi driver Handsomely yep. As he deserved And we got to the airport I got changed Back into really horrible Mucky wet Festival clothes mm. Flew home Now normally at any point that You vomit You're out, you're done for the day yep. We had to then fly From from Reading From Exeter Back to Belfast To George Best Airport George Best Airport And then I had to drive From Belfast Back down To Dublin Which was a two and a half hour drive Then get into the house Which was the new house That I was in So I hadn't even Unpacked everything yet So I walked into like A messy room That was full of shit Mm. Had to get everything ready Then for Irish Music Week Which we were filming The next morning Yeah And I didn't even get Because we went We hung out that night Over in Becky So we set up late then as well Mm. And it just Was an absolute Disaster (laughs) And then you moved house And then I moved house And then you went back to England (laughs) The day after that Went back to England For a week to do Reading and Leeds But that was day two On the job Tour manager, 48 hours into it, ruined a taxi. Cheeky bollocks. Just so everyone knows, that's, you know, my capacity does know some bounds. That was one of them. Yep. Hold, hold, hold in the back of the net. Kick, hit, smoke. Work for us. Don't hire me to do anything other than play the guitar or write stuff because I won't be able to do it because I will get sick every so you panic and get drunk and vomit. <laughs> I will. Yes, that was work first, and we're coming out to the end of the show, actually. Oh, who could that be? It's never... Oh, it is! It's Becky Walsh! Hello, everyone! (laughs) Back from LDN. Back from LDN. Back from LA. (laughs) Hello. So you... You've had an interesting last three days where you were in London. You landed in from London, and then went straight in a taxi from the airport straight to work. I did. And come fresh from here. 
I did. That's some Peter Hanlon shit, to be honest. It, it's it's Poe as fuck. <laughs> it's Poe as fuck. Uh, so just quick rundown of what we were talking about. We were talking about the Beatles' capital albums being fucking silly. Oh my god, that that was so long ago that this, we did that. This is speed running through what we were talking oh, about, right? It was it's crazy. It was a filthy episode, Becky. Oh my god. Uh, myself and F tour managed Dame Matrona. You did that. No backline. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, now quickly, uh, I was t- we had we had a little like sort of think piece debate earlier on. If okay. it to swap two liquids in your body and where they came out, what would you swap? So it'd be like you piss vomit or you vomit piss. And you, you cry, come, but you ejaculate tears. You know, you um, you you shit, sweat, and poo comes out of your oh, pores you when you sweat. Oh, you shit, sweat. Oh, I'd hate to shit, sweat. So are you swapping like tears and piss? What I think I would. Hmm, such a good question. Such an important and brave question to brave. ask as well. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna go with. See, liquids are so smelly that I'm like. Let's make liquids. I don't be want smelling. them on my face or anything. Um. I was going to say I would like shit tears, but then I would have to cry really shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a mess. Yeah, that'd be yeah. A mess. It could be as simple as swapping sweat and tears, though, which was my initial. That's, yeah, that, that, they're kind of the same thing. They're so just handy. like a, a salt water. Yeah. Um, maybe like bogeys. And... That's what I did. Yeah. I, swapped, so I swapped bogeys, bogeys and cum. Oh, that's fun. So I come when I sneeze. <laughs> it's happened. I've gone through this excruciatingly painful surgery. And now what, what are you saying, though? I just went piss and poo. Because you get some Play-Doh, funny poo, Play-Doh nonsense with your willy. If you piss poo. That's actually a good point. Um, maybe I will go... Maybe I'll go bogeys and poo because it's two funny words. No, it's, it's great. It's, it's funny as well. Uh, so up there, everyone, so I, as I moved house. On my first day when I was walking back to my house, oh, yeah. there was a wasp on my hand. <laughs> there was a wasp on my hand. We're neighbours now, Pete. I know. How cool is we that? Haven't, we haven't abused it yet. No, no, because I've barely been there as well. Anyway. When, yeah, when, I, when I was there the last few days, you were gone. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, so you went to London. Good fun, good crack. A great time. What else we talk? Well, yeah, Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer. Who are you back and who's winning? Kramer. The, as, okay. as, as, in my, as, as in Michael Richards. Oh yeah, the Kramer. We're talking about how Dustin Hoffman is like, going down so quickly yeah. straight away. Mm. Oh yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah. No, it's Kramer. We ended the show on work farce and talked about my vomit excursion in Exeter. You silly, silly boy. Uh, oh, wait till you hear this. Fucking Mickey Bradley. Oh. I then proceed to play Becky the Mickey Bradley excerpt. At least I think that's what they were on about. It's amazing that that was his takeaway from the episode. Yeah, uh, but it, and why did he listen? Well, I can't believe he's listening. I'm so scared now. The yeah. fact that he was on top of the pops in 1978, and now he's listening to us talking about the restaurants we went to. I know, yeah, yeah. I know. Nice to squeeze back in for the last five minutes to give you a quick run of the whole episode. Nice little recap for everyone who's been listening as well. We've just gone through the whole episode again in micrometer bits for Becky. Yes. That concludes the 25th episode of Higher Fidelity, which is also the same number as my age which feels like a bit of a milestone uh, and I've made sure to let myself down on this as well which is great bagful an absolute bagful yeah so supposing you know, the plan we'll just give them a quick rundown we're doing this festival now in October in, in Rotterdam called Left of the Diet and they've asked us to do a live episode of the podcast live on air in front of li- live in front of an audience we're turning into Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast we are indeed we're going to record that and that is going to most likely be the episode in October so it's going to be a live episode in front of a live studio audience but anyway I've been Pete I have been Evan I've been Ross I've been Samuel I'm Becky and we're reminding you to be rooting be tooting be parachuting be kabooting and always be shooting but most importantly be be kind. kind